welcome to Kim Knows Nothing. Thank you. <laughs> Again with the... <laughs> I feel like the people like it. Okay. A lot of positive response. Yeah. And if you're hearing this and thinking, I did have a positive response, but I didn't say it, I'm aware. Got it. And I could have used you backing me up on that, friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Kim over there. Ew. And who am I? Uh, Kim too? Uh, <laughs> I'm Stacy. <Hey>, cool. <laughs> Here at Kim Does Nothing, I share a true crime story that I've researched. Yeah. You worked hard on it? I worked hard. Kim knows nothing about true crime. Or, or anything in jet. Je- I don't understand how mirrors work. <laughs> what? I don't get it. Go on. Like, is it true? <laughs> like, you look at your reflection and you think, is it true? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like a cat or something. Yeah. <laughs> You're still learning mirrors. I, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm dumb. You're an odd one. I, I, you know, whatever. I'm so old. Yeah? That... <laughs> Not a lot of pushback on that. That sucked. Um, that I, uh, I, I'm set in my ways. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm not there's, gonna get smart. No, there's no change in like her the mind. Movie starring Steve Carell. So <laughs> get smart. <laughs> Shoot phone. I think this is our tightest opening yet. <laughs> it is. All right. So, are you ready to get started? Yeah. Started or startled? Both. Ugh. I always bum Kim out. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. You that signed up for this podcast. I didn't really know what I was signing up for. You said <laughs> you'll get a chance to tell jokes and talk a lot. And I said, great. And I stopped listening to anything else that you were talking about. Right. Like, and oh. now you're stuck in this. Like I'm in it now. You haven't even come here at your own will. I've brought you against your will. Yeah. I no longer come to just hang out. No. I'm just here all the time. I say to Kim, come over. I've got free ice cream. <laughs> And then she shows up and she sees the podcast set up. She's like, damn it. Oh, I didn't even get any ice cream. All right. Yeah, no ice cream for you. Yeah. That's how I get her over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Free ice cream. (laughs) Kim's easy. (laughs) She never learns either. Every time. Every time. Every time I say free ice cream, I don't change it. No, you don't. like other free things. Always free ice cream. (laughs) Listen, I want ice cream. Okay. Cool. Postmates. (laughs) Halo top. (laughs) Ooh, that's good. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Anyway. So let's get right into this one. So this case is about a murder. (gasps) Murds. Talking. Murds on the cast. Murds on the cast. I'm so sorry. So Kim's delusional right now. I'm worried about her. Murders on the cast. Very yes. exciting. Yes. So this is a murder that took place in Northern California in 2012. NorCal. NorCal. In 2012. Oh, I know that year. Ever heard of it? Yes. Just barely. I was barely starting kindergarten in 2012. That math doesn't line up. Uh, I started kindergarten very late. (laughs) (laughs) You're an idiot. (laughs) So our victim was named Ravish Kumra. He was a millionaire and well-known property owner in Montesorino. Yes. He lived in Montesorino, California. Is that near Big Little Lies? (laughs) (laughs) No. Okay, then I don't care. (laughs) Um, He was murdered inside his own home. Um, And Montesorino is a small city, population around 3,300. And it's very affluent. 
Ooh. Well, um, yeah, he's a millionaire. He's a millionaire. The median household income is about $200,000. Damn, that's literally more than I've ever made while working in LA. <laughs> so in an affluent uh, city like that, what goes hand in hand usually is that there's a relatively low crime rate, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Um, up until this murder, uh, Monta Serino hadn't had a homicide in almost 20 years, actually. Damn. Yeah. And uh, the city is pretty close to San Jose, California, and oh, yeah. also close to the Silicon Valley. Cool. So you have a lot of tech, rich tech people um, that live there. Nice. I've seen Silicon Valley. The show. Yeah. Fantastic. So that's all I know about one it. One of my faves. I love oh, it. Yeah. I love rewatching it. I don't know why. I just love rewatching it. It's a show. good one to rewatch. It's very good. You know what I also recommend rewatching? What? You've got mail. Oh, I mean, h, <laughs> don't even. You know that is my favorite movie. It's so good. But you know that's my favorite? Your actual favorite? Or you didn't favorite? know that? Yes. I didn't know that. Your actual favorite yes, movie. Yes. Actual favorite movie. Okay. You didn't know that? No. I wanted it to be you. I wanted it to be you so badly. <laughs> it's a movie about catfish. Shing. And yet, <laughs> I'm like totally okay with it. No one was catfishing anyone. He was catfishing her by pretending to be somebody else. At the end. <laughs> yeah. It's so, okay. At the beginning, they were being honest, but they weren't saying what their names were even. I know, but at the end when he's like, I have to work on a project that needs some finessing. Tweaking. Tweaking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> I told you Speaking it's my tweaking, favorite movie. Let's move on and talk about a murder before I murder you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I would never. Okay. I think I'm going to get ice cream this time. Yeah, you're definitely going to. Yeah. So Ravish, or Ravi, he would go by Ravi, uh, Kumra, was born September 20th, 1946. So when he was murdered on November 30th, 2012, that made him 66 years old. He was born in India and emigrated to the U.S. in 1970. By then, he'd already received his degree in chemical engineering from the esteemed IIT Delhi. Cool. Is it called esteemed? No, but that was the adjective that I read before. The name of the college. Nice. Uh, Ravi then settled in the Bay Area, as they call it. <laughs> Bay Area. <laughs> what are you? You're from, you're from Southern California. Northern California. I know, but my question is, do people in the rest of the country know what the Bay Area means? My, my, uh, my thinking would be that other places have Bay Areas, because there are other bays in other areas. There's no Bay like California Bay. E. There's no Bay... Like Trevor Noah. <laughs> That's true. So the Bay Area is San Francisco. I think people know the that. Bay Whatever. Area is just a bunch of Trevor Noahs. Yeah, it is. Around. Exactly. Yeah, the yeah. Bay Area. B-A-E. <laughs> yeah. In uh, 1974, he married his wife, Harinder or Rani, R-A-N-I is how, uh, that was her nickname. Um, in India, they got married. And according to his obituary, quote, he was one of the first Indian-born entrepreneurs in the wireless industry. Cool. And he started several cellular companies in the U.S. with successful bets on emerging telecommunications trends. And Dang. Quote. So, so he's... Um, he's very smart, very he's a real dumb savvy. dumb, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's just about <laughs> as dumb as you are. <laughs> no. No, he's no, very It's not smart. a competition, but I am winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously. He's crazy smart. Yeah. Cool. Um, in 2010, he and his wife, uh, Ronnie, actually got a divorce. But at the time of the murder in 2012, uh, Ronnie was still living with him. So they were divorced, but they still were Couldn't on quite good terms. Call it quits. Yeah, apparently. Maybe um, his house was so big 
that they were like, I think we'll just continue to live here. Yeah, it was a 7,000 square foot mansion. They didn't even know they were still living together. Yeah, I feel like you could be divorced happily yeah. and not even know the other person exists. Yeah. Um, so Ravi um, obviously was a brilliant businessman with a background in wireless tech. And he was also the former owner of a historic winery called The Mountain Winery. Cool. Um, clearly, he made a lot of money doing all of this. He had two daughters, Raina, age 35, at the time of her father's death, and Anisha, age 33, at the time of her father's death. And at the time of the killing, Ravi and his wife lived in, like I said, a 7,000 square foot mansion on Withy Road, which was last sold in 2016 for $5.1 million. Damn. But if you look it up now, it's estimated to be worth upwards of $6.9 million today, which is just like, That's wow. insane. Yowza. These people had some money. Yowza. I like Yowza. that word. So the night of November 29th, 2012, at around midnight, Ravi's home was broken into by several men. Ravi was on the couch watching CNN and his ex-wife, who was still living with him, Ronnie, was in an upstairs bedroom. Both um, were tied. We had no idea that she even looked. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. weren't aware that they were (laughs) in the same house with each other. Um, But the the assailants who entered the home tied up both of them next to each other near the kitchen and they were gagged. Um, so something was put in their mouths and then the, um, duct tape was put over their mouths. And this is a weird part of the story. It was mustache print duct tape, <laughs> which is like such a weird detail <laughs> so weird. that I kept reading about this. And I was like, why? It has like literally little mustaches, like Guys. hipster mustaches. From Hollywood, it's time for- Kim's Corner. Listen, I need to talk about mustaches for just a second. <laughs> um I think that I think men look very handsome with a mustache. Mm. Well, okay, they have the ability to look very handsome with a mustache or facial hair in general. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not for everyone, and I think that's okay. But uh, I think that some men do look handsome with it. It's not a new thing. There's been mustaches forever. Arguably, there's been facial hair longer than there's not been facial hair because it's not like. Every immediately, like as soon as there were humans, there were also razors <laughs> that people understood how to work. So this is not a new thing. So I think we're okay being done with mustache themed things. Indeed. Um, how, did I buy into it? Of course I bought into it. <laughs> Obviously, I'm a follower. <laughs> I did buy a mustache keychain for my niece, who's like the coolest kid in the world. Of course. And you press the button and it says, I must ask you a question. That's, you know what? That's okay. It's pretty cool. That's that's one but exception. But guys, I think we don't need it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, am I okay with men wanting their facial hair to look nice? 100%. Am I okay with a straw when you're sipping out of the straw? It looks like you have a mustache. Am no. I okay with that? No. No. We're done with it. Yeah, it's over. It's We've moved on. Let's the time has passed. Let's talk about something else. Mustaches are okay, but no more mustache art. Yeah, no more mustache themed things. <laughs> yeah. All right, go on. Let's hear about the sad thing. That was a good one. Yeah, it's Thank very you. sad. So the duct tape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very sad. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so the duct tape had mustache print on it, which is weird. And they put so that they were gagged and then the, the duct tape went over their mouths and then they were also blindfolded. The burglars ransacked the house, taking money and jewelry. And after they left, Ronnie, the wife, was able to remove her blindfold and call the police. But by the time the paramedics had arrived, Ravi, her husband, was pronounced dead. 
Um, he had died from the gag and the mustache print duct tape suffocating him. Damn. So they had put that on too tight. And it didn't seem like they intended to kill him, but he just happened to suffocate because it was put on too tight and probably over his mouth and nose, which is really, I mean, that's so sad. Yeah, that is really sad. So the investigation was underway, and within three weeks, um, authorities were able to make some arrests, actually. The culprits had used latex gloves. Idiots. Well, they washed, the, they washed the gloves, which seems smart. It seems weird. But then they left the gloves behind in the house. Like, <laughs> what, like what are you doing? But a DNA profile was still able to be extracted from those gloves, of Boom, course. Because they left them there like a bunch of dum-dums. Yeah, I, I don't see why you do that. Like, just why take I do gloves that? with you. They're not take even them, heavy. Just take them with you. Um, and the DNA matched back to 21-year-old Javier Garcia. Okay. Also, on the duct tape, um, they had gotten 22-year-old D'Angelo Austin. And from Ravi's fingernails, so the fingernails of the victim... They had a DNA match for 26-year-old Lucas Anderson. These are kids. Yeah, they're all young. We've got three young culprits here. Okay. They've left DNA at the scene. Seems pretty pretty straightforward, pretty slam dunk yep. type situation. For the first two, Garcia and Austin, both were from Oakland, which is uh, uh, nearby. Oakland. Oakland. <laughs> which, is, uh, which is near that area-ish. Um, and a warrant for their cell phone records showed that they um, their cell phones had pinged towers near Montessorino the night of the homicide. So they were put in the location at the time of the murder. And police records showed that Austin belonged to a gang linked to a series of home burglaries. And the most important evidence, his older sister, 32-year-old sex worker named Katrina Fritz, um, she had been involved with Ravi, the victim, for 12 years. Whoa. So he had been seeing basically a prostitute for 12 years. Um, and it was the sister of this man whose DNA had been found on him. Whoa. So pretty this is, close connection there. Um, did you see Pretty Woman? Yeah. And then at the end where you're like, I wish there was a sequel. I mean. It sounds like. I could live without it. Probably pretty good there wasn't a sequel. You know what I wish there was a sequel to? Huh. Truman Show. I want to see how, oh, how Truman yeah. is, is coping with the real world. Yeah. And it could be Jim Carrey at his current age. It's Jim Carrey and Man on the Moon. <laughs> Just I lost it. it. Oh, you didn't see it? <laughs> no, no, no. But it looks like probably. <laughs> um, I think that'd be so, uh, such a great story. I'd love to see that because it's still so relevant now. Yeah. You know what there should be a sequel to? Um, I'm worried about I this want, I want another Final Destination movie. Wait, that would be number 800. I yeah, I don't care. There's never enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, our victim, Ravi, had been in a relationship or had been seeing um, uh, this woman for 12 years. And police also had found her phone backed up on his computer. So you have evidence oh. that's connecting the dots to this woman, which connects to the man who had been in the home and left his DNA. And the third person whose DNA was under Ravi's fingernails, Lucas Anderson, he was a 26-year-old homeless man who often would get very drunk and forget what he had done. And he had a long rap sheet, including burglaries, and was living on the streets um, of nearby San Jose, panhandling for money at the time. And when Lucas was arrested, he had no memory of the night in question. Uh-oh. He remembered he had completely blacked out from alcohol, but he told his public defender that he probably could have done it. He just he just didn't remember. So he said to his public defender, Kelly Kulik, 
quote, Nan- Jennifer Coolidge? <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge? <laughs> I wish. Kelly Kulik. Jennifer Coolidge guy. <laughs> he said to Kelly Kulik, quote, nah, nah, nah. I don't do things like that. But maybe I did. <laughs> that sounds like something I would say. And she no, was, no, no, no. It couldn't have been. Well, maybe. And she was like, she basically told him, stop saying that. You need to just deny this. You, I, I like his honesty. You've got to deny it, right? Um, but authorities found out, actually, that years prior, Lucas Anderson, he had been in jail with a friend of Austin, that guy, remember, whose sister was the prostitute? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had been... Uh, this is a, quite a tangled web. It really is. For me. They're having to figure out how these guys are, are connected to our victim here. Anderson had been in jail with a friend of Austin, okay? And that second person whose DNA was found. When that friend was released from jail and given an ankle monitor, he had visited almost the exact area in San Jose where Anderson had been, where Lucas Anderson had been. And it was determined that um, when Garcia and Austin were planning the burglary, they wanted someone with experience. So Austin asked his friend, and that's when Anderson was brought into the plan. Um, because Lucas Anderson had a felony burglary charge on his record. So he thinks. He, he it thinks. It doesn't sound like something he'd do. He doesn't what? remember. <laughs> he had committed a felony burglary, so clearly he has experience, and he was local to the area, so it made sense that they would have called upon him to help get this done right. But Lucas Anderson's public defender started looking into her client's background to see if there might be anything about his past that might allow the court to give some leniency in his sentencing. She just essentially was hoping that the court would be able to be more lenient with him when it came time for sentencing. And that can happen for a variety of reasons. If somebody, you know, uh, had a really rough childhood, if they suffer from mental illness, if they are homeless and they don't have the resources that they need, you can look at a person and say, like, listen, this person they committed burglaries because they needed money and were they suffering had and struggling. to survive. They, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't make it okay, but you can seek leniency when it comes to sentencing. Yeah. So she found out that her client, he had grown up homeless. He suffered from mental illness and diabetes, and he had a terrible drinking habit, as we've discussed. At one point, he had drunkenly stepped in front of a truck and survived this event. That's terrifying. That's like um, um, where the heart is. Oh, that movie's so sad. I know, but when the uh, the ex-husband is really drunk and he falls in front of the train. I forgot about that. I yeah. forgot I forgot. I think that movie. he's bad guy. I think he's bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I don't know what I'm apologizing for. I'm on brand. <laughs> I think he's a bad Anyways, guy. moving on. Cool. Um, at one point, yeah, he drunkenly stepped in front of a truck and he survived, but his memory was never the same after that. Well, he got hit by a truck. Yeah. So, so he, you know, he had, he did have this sort of like sad story that might help in his sentencing. Um, and his felony burglary conviction. So mm-hmm. she started looking into that too, to really see what was going on there. It wasn't actually what it sounded like. Okay. You ready for this? No. (laughs) Okay. So what had actually happened was he drunkenly punched out the window of someone's house, crawled inside, but the person in the house pushed him out of the house, (laughs) called the police. The police show up and they find Lucas Anderson just standing outside the house, like all bloody and like just totally confused about what had just happened. And nothing had been stolen. 
but it was considered a burglary because yeah. he went in the house and maybe I, I, I don't know exactly the specific details but it still showed up as a felony burglary on his record this guy's no master burglar no i feel bad for this guy like he just needs help so was he really involved in this murder if like how do you he just happened to be there like why yeah so he's at the scene of the crime clearly because his dna is there but what, like, what is his connection? It can't be his his the the guy that he was in jail with, and they're calling upon him for his expertise in burglary. That's not it at all. Yeah. So he had to be involved in the case, right? Right. Why don't we take an ad break, and I'll tell you after. Stacy, what up, Kimberly? You know about Wink? I've heard of it. Okay, listen, as our viewers. They're not viewers. As our listeners know by now, well, they might be viewing pictures of us while they listen on, like, Instagram. As our listeners know by now, uh, this show is sponsored by Wink. Wink is a wine curating service. You can go to wink.com and answer, I think it's like six questions. I answered them a while ago. I don't really remember. But it's like six-ish. And they're easy questions. How do you like your coffee? Do something about grapes. I definitely remember a chocolate question in there. Some questions seemed really absurd, but I guess it worked because they always have the wine that I like. So whatever. Uh, You just answer a couple quick questions and then they ship some wine to you and you like the wine. And when you enter promo code MURDS, M-U-R-D-S, you get 20 bucks off the wine. So we've been talking about Wink for a while. And if you're thinking, I'm not sure if I should do it or not, do it. Go to wink.com and enter promo code MERDS. Hey, we're back. Cool. That sounded like a really good ad read. And whoever did it, I'm proud of them. What? That was you. I know. I thought it was a Have good you one. thoroughly lost your mind? Yes. <laughs> so. I really have. Before we went to our ad break, uh-huh. we discovered that. It kind of doesn't make sense that Lucas Anderson is involved in this killing of Ravi Kumra. Yeah. Um, so his public defender, Kelly Kulik, uh, she was looking into his background some more, and she discovered that he had been so often drunkenly walking the streets that, um, and the paramedics were called so many times that a few of them had memorized his name and his birth date. Okay. Um, and the night in question, um, the night that... Uh, Ravi was murdered at 7.48 p.m. Lucas Anderson had been at a local 7-Eleven when the cops were called on him for panhandling. Now, remember, the murder happened at about midnight. Okay. Okay. Um, But by the time the cops got to the 7-Eleven, Lucas Anderson had moved on. Anderson then ended up at a grocery store at about 8.15 p.m. He was already drunk. He sat down in front of the store and got even drunker. Hours later, he wandered inside the store, collapsed in an aisle, and the police and paramedics were called. So Anderson was taken away in an ambulance and was hospitalized at 10.45 p.m. for alcohol poisoning. Anderson had drinking the equivalent of 21 beers. Damn! Which is like... Oh, I can't even imagine because wouldn't you be full? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, how how can you have that much in your system? Yeah. Um, But so if he's been admitted to the hospital at 1045 p.m. and the murder happened at around midnight, I mean, we're talking, I mean, that's a small window because he's still in the neighborhood near where the murder happened. But that's like a no wait time ER. (laughs) You know, like... Some wait times are longer at other ERs. Yes. Yeah. Depends on 
the neighborhood that you're in. <laughs> Good for that ER, I guess, <laughs> yeah. for having a, a short wait time. So when his public defender was looking into this, she was wondering, okay, how could this be possible? His DNA is at the crime scene, but then he's at the hospital. So she wondered, you know what, maybe there's another Lucas Anderson. Maybe his ID had been stolen. Mm-hmm. Maybe he somehow was able to leave the hospital. Um, and still go out and commit the murder, there had to have been some kind of a mistake. She had to be prepared for this because if the prosecution was going to challenge her, she needed an answer. She talked to the doctor who was on call that night. He said it was the same Lucas Anderson. He recognized him and that he had stayed in that hospital bed the entire night. Interesting. He was not at that crime scene. Then how... I don't understand. Quite good. Ask the question. (laughs) So how was his DNA at the crime scene? I don't know. Okay, So what happens sometimes is evidence can become contaminated in some way, right? So Anderson's attorney called the lab to make sure that no cross-contamination had occurred. What if Anderson's DNA was somehow in that lab and other pieces of evidence from other crimes were also contaminated with his DNA? Because this dude is committing crimes on accident often. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Like, you never know. But the lab said, no, there's no evidence of Anderson's DNA anywhere else except this particular crime. So it what? couldn't have it couldn't have been contaminated. Yeah, um, I'm so, so confused by this. So, hoping to actually exonerate Anderson, his attorney then tried to find proof for a theory that maybe Lucas had met Ravi somehow within a day or two of the murder. Maybe they somehow met and shook hands because you oh. have contact contact DNA. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it depends. It's not. It's not. Um, it depends on how much DNA somebody can shed, which is kind of a gross thing. But if let's yeah, say you have gross. really dry skin, Ugh. if you're not washing your hands often, Ugh. you're more likely to leave your DNA, DNA on people um, when you're shaking hands or when even when you're touching their items and things like that. Yeah. So there's no exact science to like, oh, if I shake somebody's hand, this amount of DNA will be left on that person for this amount of time. It varies from person to person. But she was hoping that if she could find that link where somehow these two had met then that could explain it, right? Yeah. Lucas Anderson would be on the streets asking for money. What if Ravi had somehow like handed him some cash or something? I mean, Mm -hmm. his attorney, Kelly Kulik, she's really working on this. But unfortunately, she couldn't come up with anything. There was no link to these two that she could possibly find. It was actually one of the officers on the case who did find a link. And his name was... Officer Smiley. Well, his name was Corporal Aaron Lunsford. Oh, that's a real name. Corporal, Yeah. He um, had actually responded to that first 911 call and was first on the scene at Ravi Kumra's home after he had been killed. Corporal Lunsford was looking at Anderson's medical records and took particular notice of the names of the paramedics who had picked him up from the grocery store the night of the murder. Uh Uh-oh. He recognized those names. They were the same names of the paramedics that took away the body of Ravish Kumra the same night only a few hours later. Oh. Right? Yeah. So that's some seriously gross DNA transference. Yeah, that's like you're not doing your job right. Yeah. So when this was presented to the district attorney as well as um Anderson's attorney, all parties agreed that was that was the co- contamination that had occurred. Here's because, what's not happening with those paramedics. What? Scene safety. Yeah. They because weren't wearing gloves or something. Up. Yeah. But they couldn't explain exactly how the DNA transfer had occurred, but they were all in agreement that the transfer had definitely happened because they couldn't connect Lucas Anderson to this crime in any way except that DNA, which means there must have been a mistake with the DNA. Achoo. 
That's how DNA gets transferred. Yeah. Sneezing? Absolutely. So they... They couldn't explain exactly how the DNA transfer had occurred, but they were all in agreement. Maybe it was from the pulse oximeter that was put on their fingers. So when they showed up, they weren't sure if Ravi was dead. So they put the pulse, you know, the little pulse thing they put on mm-hmm. your finger. They had also put one on Lucas Anderson, too, when they had picked him up. So maybe it was from that or maybe it was the, from the paramedic's uniform or a piece of equipment. But either way... They all agreed DNA transfer had occurred. And this innocent man, Lucas Anderson, had actually been sitting in jail for five months Oh, for man. something he didn't do at all. And so soon a trial uh, for the real culprits was underway. 21-year-old Javier Garcia, whose DNA was on the latex gloves, and 22-year-old D'Angelo Austin, whose DNA was on the duct tape. Remember, mustache duct tape. Yeah. Gross. It's um, too much. It's no... Ugh, it's, I can't. <laughs> um, and then also remember that both of their cell phones had pinged right in the area at the time of the crime. The sister of D'Angelo Austin, she was a sex worker who had a 12-year relationship with the victim. She actually testified against her brother in court, and she said oh, that she had actually given her brother a map of Ravi's house so, and, so that it would be easy for them to rob this guy because they knew he was rich. And during the trial, DNA was found from a third man, um, Marcellus Drummer. Austin's sister also testified against Drummer as well. In, 2000, in 2014, Marcellus Drummer was convicted of first-degree murder with special circumstances, as well as felony home invasion, robbery, false imprisonment, and misdemeanor assault charges. He was given a life sentence. And then in 2016, Javier Garcia and D'Angelo Austin were found guilty of first-degree murder, robbery in concert, criminal threats, and two counts of false imprisonment, and they were also given life sentences. So you have the three actual culprits here, but then you have mm-hmm. poor Lucas Anderson, who was caught in the middle of all He's- of this. And the sad part about this case is that one of the other attorneys for the one of the defendants said it was sad that Lucas Anderson had been accused and, quote, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually pleaded to something. They probably would have offered him a deal and he would have been scared enough to take it. If all they had was the DNA on him and no way to prove that it, it was a DNA transfer, mm-hmm. this is one of those exact cases where the police say they have something on somebody. We have your DNA at the scene. Yeah. And then if he had no alibi, if he wasn't checked into a hospital that night, then this dude would be in jail right now. He could, yeah, because he said it himself. Oh, I could have done that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's sad because that's not the way that our system should work. You shouldn't. No. I mean, you should need. It should be DNA along with all these other other pieces of evidence that you need. So yeah. oftentimes when authorities are looking at they have DNA evidence, it can make them a little bit. I don't want to say lazy, but it can. It just makes it seem like, oh, we have a slam dunk. But you shouldn't just quite you shouldn't just say, oh, the DNA is there. That means he did it. It should you should also ask the question, how did the DNA get there? And yeah. that's not always being asked. Typically it's just a presentation of this person's DNA was at the crime scene. They must have done it. Not let's look for a second, how could that have gotten there? So remember I mentioned this in the Golden State Killer episode Ugh. a couple weeks ago because <laughs> she blocked it. It came was so scared. I was so scared. <laughs> because I told you that they have gotten the DNA wrong before and this is one of those cases where yeah. yes the, the DNA match was it did match to Lucas Anderson, but the way that the DNA got there um didn't mean that he had committed the crime. Yeah. So Anyways, it's kind of a sad story, but also it's yeah. very interesting. It's a it's a, a case that is cited pretty often when you're looking at DNA, and it's not 100% foolproof, and we have to really pay attention to that. That is really sad. What are your final thoughts on this one? Well, I have real final thoughts. 
Oh. I know. As opposed to fake. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a really good example of why our criminal justice system definitely needs some work and needs mm-hmm. a little bit of help, but why um, I just don't think that the death penalty maybe should not exist anymore. Oh, yeah. Because of cases like this. Like, this poor man has ha- needs some help. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a obviously a, a very serious drinking problem, and he needs to have some serious rehabilitation and and be able to kind of be a, a a better functioning member of society. Yeah, but because of his history, instead of saying this guy needs some help, he just was like gonna be convicted of murder. Yeah, um, because uh, he was there was some questions about the DNA. And nobody except for Jennifer Coolidge was really willing to look deeper into it and right. the de- and the corporal detective. Corporal right. detective? <laughs> corporal, I guess. Corporal. I think that's the biggest argument against the death penalty is that we could be killing people that are innocent. Also, my other thing, and like that's already a pretty serious topic, so I hate to like make it because I know that my purpose here is to mostly just make jokes. So <laughs> you understand that. So I don't want to go off topic too much from making jokes, but... I just think You've Got Mail is a really good movie. And I think that one of my favorite (laughs) things about it is that it has, technology-wise, has not aged well. But that's (laughs) made it, like, even better. Yeah. It's so good. You've Got Mail. Three powerful words. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, it's really good. Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail. So good. Same writer director. Mm-hmm. Same cast. And you know what? They're great to fall asleep to. No, they're great to stay awake and they're watch. Stay every awake. Second. Yeah, yeah. Stay awake and watch them <laughs> always. They're great to fall asleep to because there's no like loud musical numbers True. or like now we're doing this heightened sense of reality. It's just like this is so great and you can stay up and watch it or you can just have it on the background and go to sleep when you and it makes trying you to feel think about good. not being killed by a Golden State Killer. <laughs> All right, so uh, how do you find us on social meds? Go to you've got mail.com <laughs> slash AOL slash search and search for kimknowsnothing.com and then um, get out of you've got mail, come into the present day, mm-hmm. um, your, your 51st dates, your blended, for example, <laughs> other great rom coms, and uh, go to Instagram. Now we're modern day. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, we are at Kim Knows Nothing. So go there for uh, links and convos and BTS. Stacey, that stands for something. I don't know what it stands for, but we'll have pictures. Uh, go it's to not all those behind places. the scenes. It's not. <laughs> I don't know what it stands for. That's what it stands for, but there's no behind the scenes. Why do S and C, what's the point of having both letters, like scenes? Why why is there an S and a C? Because the English language is a Frankenstein monster. It's true. So anyway, (laughs) go to BTC, behind the scenes. That's how we spell it now. And you'll see pictures and that kind of stuff. What is wrong? (laughs) Um, Leave us a rating. We love it. Leave us a review. Um, in Apple Podcasts, just tap that number of stars. It's boop. super easy. Tap five. Boop, boop, if you tap boop, one, boop, boop. I just question why you're even listening to us to be Yeah, if you tap, listen, life is short. If you're going to tap one, fine. Or may I suggest not tapping one and finding something else you like. <laughs> yeah, just Find switch. your own five star thing. Yeah. And it's okay if it's not us. Right. Bummer. We'll miss you, but fi- we want you to find your joy. <laughs> yeah, find something else. Listen to something that's not... 
yeah like this i'll recommend another other podcast for you if that's we, what it takes yeah um if you're listening to us on stitcher you have to go online to do it on our website we have a special link where i show you how to do it um and then you can leave us a comment in the app called Castbox, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of a fun thing. But, you know, the more reviews we get, especially in the Apple Podcasts app or on Stitcher, the easier it is for people to find us when they're searching for true crime. And we we just want to have like a bazillion listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We Every time have, there's a new review, <laughs> Stacey screenshots it and, and I sends send it, it to Kim. me. I get so it's excited. It's so cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it like... Every review we get, it makes my day. I get so happy. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So make my day. Cool. Leave us a review. Um, all right. Great episode, Kim. Yeah. Great episode. One of the best. We love you. Love you. Listeners. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.